another Old Testament book that's hard to find, and uh, while you're stressing about that, uh, you can find Ezra as well. Uh, Ezra's easier, you just find all the firsts and seconds in the Old Testament and go to the right, uh, and uh, you'll jump into Ezra right there. Agai is uh, where we'll be as we begin to read here in just a moment while you're finding those. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, we were back in Wisconsin for uh, a vacation and just to spend some time with family, get the grandbabies together uh, for the first time. It was a wonderful visit. Of course, uh, when we're there, uh, we visit our, um, uh, I would say our home church, and we're not here all longer, so this is my home church now, uh, but uh, where we came from, Twin Forest Baptist Church, and, uh, and to hear um, our pastor preach that evening, I preached the morning message, and I preached uh, the message about Nineveh uh, there in at the end, during the invitation time, as Pastor got up to uh, do the invitation, uh, he had mentioned a verse in Haggai uh, in chapter number one. Um, and you can look at that, verse 13 says, Then spake Haggai, the Lord's messenger, in the Lord's message unto the people. And, and really kind of brought home in, in a way during the invitation the idea that it's not our message, it's God's message, and how I preached about uh, Jonah's message to the Ninevites and how we want to say things uh, to our Ninevites. But, uh, but would uh, preach and say what God wants us to. And he talked about his life's verse. <laughs> if you were to get a letter uh, from Pastor Wagon Shoots, uh, as he signs the letter, uh, he would always sign uh, on the bottom, Haggai 113. So uh, it just, uh, he as a messenger, uh, the Lord's messenger in the Lord's message, that's how he would sign that. I, I put uh, Galatians 220, that's my life's verse, uh, and uh, on the end of mine. But you would get that uh, from him. And, and so it reminded me uh, of uh, this passage of scripture, uh, and as I was reading that, as he was quoting it, uh, in the margin of my Bible, I had a little, uh, I had preached a message uh, from Haggai uh, in the Philippines. And when I was in the Philippines for what they called a Builder's Day, it was like the second time I was over there, uh, they were uh, doing a kind of like a stewardship conference uh, as they were preparing to do some things to their auditorium. They had a met at a lower part of this building, and they had uh, the upstairs of this done on a really busy street. And, uh, and it's amazing when you go, they're just beautiful, like marble floors, and just how they've done everything. But they were raising uh, some, making, uh, I guess, taking pledges uh, at the end of that day. And so I had preached from uh, this passage about, uh, about building, uh, and the building the house of God. So there's an application to be made. In fact, uh, I'm going to entitle this message, Consider Your Ways, uh, uh, part one, part two uh, this evening. Uh, but if I was to preach, uh, maybe perhaps on the stewardship side of it, uh, I, might, uh, I might call it, uh, is the seed, uh, is your seed yet in the barn? Okay. Uh, because uh, from chapter number two, verse number 19, that question is posed there uh, by the prophet, is your seed yet in the barn? And you'll see what that means here uh, in a minute. Uh, if you think about the song that was sung a moment ago, we can talk about the seed of the word of God that's sown, uh, and, uh, and and talk about procrastination uh, would be one way to make application from the book of Haggai, uh, which I will a little bit uh, in this evening's service. And so there's two small uh, chapters uh, in this obscure book uh, in your Old Testament, uh, and we can literally preach on it for weeks and weeks and weeks uh, because of all the application that is there, again, encouraging you get into your Old Testament, uh, and to read these uh, these books. Uh, 
But the primary reason why I want to preach from it today uh, is uh, in recent weeks, uh, in kind of connection to the coronavirus and other things, um, when, I, when I preach, I am uh, very straightforward in my preaching. Uh, I've, I've confessed to you that sarcasm is my superpower. Uh, and, uh, and so I don't hold any punches. I don't soft soap stuff. Uh, and uh, and I just I just say things like it is, and I'm really not too. I mean, I'll say this: I'm concerned. I don't want I don't want to purposely hurt people's feelings. I really don't. Uh, and uh, but I do. <laughs> you know, so I just uh, sometimes I hurt people's feelings, and I think uh, you know sometimes people are too sensitive. Uh, and uh, but uh, there are often times, there have been many times in my life where uh, I've thought things through and, and thought to myself, you know, maybe I could have said that a different way or a better way. And, uh, that's always important because uh, in communication, it's what people receive or what they perceive uh, to be true. That's what you communicate. We'll say, well, I didn't say it that way, or I'm sorry you understood it that way. Uh, that's how we often apologize. I'm sorry I'm sorry that uh, that you don't get it uh, and, uh, and, and whatever. But I'm just saying that, um, you know, there's no secret to the fact that uh, many times uh, I might... Uh, I might hurt someone's feelings, all right? Uh, and uh, and I know that in because of the corona, there's been co- confusion as to uh, different things. I, I've said things and uh, whatever. I just, I just think you ought to just trust God, uh, do what you feel is right. There are many people that aren't here today because of the coronavirus. I don't, just, you know, I don't despise them for not being here. I don't think that they are, uh, you know, of little faith or anything like that. I just want to encourage people to be in the house of God. That's my job. Right? Uh, and, uh, and when people all over the country are fighting uh, for the right to assemble, uh, we're really doing it without any pushback from anyone. Uh, and, uh, and I just think that we ought to take advantage of that. Amen. And uh, when we can and be in the house of God. But I understand that I did. I sent my son home today uh, from church because he was around somebody that had a fever. So, uh, aside on caution, you know, uh, I think those are great things and we should all do that. Okay? Uh, but uh, but I want to point out and invite you to stand, if you would, just for a, a few verses as we read our text uh, from Haggai. And of course, uh, keep the finger there in the book of, uh, of Ezra uh, as well. Haggai 1, in verse number 1, the Bible says, In the second year of Darius, the king, in the sixth month, in the first day of the month, came the word of the Lord by Haggai, the prophet, unto Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, and to Joshua, the son of Josedek, the high priest, saying, Thus speaketh the Lord of hosts, saying, This people say, The time has not come, the time that the Lord's house should be built. Our Heavenly Father, I pray that you bless this message today and speak to our hearts, please, and in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Haggai was a prophet that was a contemporary to Ezra and Nehemiah. And why I'm having you reference the book of Ezra. In fact, let's look at it real quick and we'll come back to Haggai. In Ezra chapter number 5 and verse number 1, then the prophets Haggai, the prophet, and Zechariah, the son of Iddo, prophesied unto the Jews that were in Judah, and Jerusalem in the name of, of the God of Israel, even unto them. Then rose up Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, and Joshua, the son of uh, Josedek, and began to build the house of God, which is at Jerusalem. And with them were the prophets of God, helping them. At the same time, 
came to them, uh, Tatnai, uh, governor of this side of the river, uh, and, uh, and Sheth, uh, or Boznai, uh, and their companions, and said thus unto them, Who hath commanded you to build this house and to uh, make up this wall? And if you read the book of Ezra, the book of Nehemiah, what you said about the revival and, uh, and, uh, and them building the temple, uh, and, and really just the struggles that were involved. They were being pressured by the Samaritans, uh, who they had, uh, you know, for a little while, uh, once they'd come out of exile. They'd returned from exile uh, in Babylonian captivity. Not everybody uh, went back to Jerusalem. There was a lot of people that were comfortable uh, in exile uh, and remained in that area. And you can read about uh, how many uh, priests went back, how many Levites, and how many people of the children, about 50,000 uh, out of all of them that went back to their homeland uh, to rebuild Jerusalem and ultimately rebuild the temple. Uh, and if we get to it this morning, at the end of the book of Haggai, uh, the last couple of verses speak to the future blessing of this temple uh, and uh, the new Jerusalem and other things. Prophetically speaking, and it's an important place, right, uh, that uh, God has uh, established his presence, and we can read about in the Old Testament. You know, right now, uh, the, the, uh, the church, the local church, is, the, uh, is the, where the pillar and the ground of truth, and, uh, and there are many tie-ins that we could make uh, with all of this. But there was seven years of, uh, of captivity. Uh, they're back uh, from, from exile. And they are, it's been about 15 years, 14, 15 years that have passed since they've returned. Uh, and it's where we find Haggai uh, in the beginning part uh, of, uh, of Haggai in chapter number one. So time had passed, uh, and God had given Haggai a message to give to his people. Now, again, as we read this, you can make, uh, if you want to make application to, to finances and, and that, you can do that. Uh, but uh, but I really want to, to make it one application as we get down to the end uh, where you'll see uh, here in just a minute. So we read verses 1 down through verse number 2. Uh, then not, notice what the Bible says in verse 3 in Haggai 1. Then came the word of the Lord by Haggai the prophet, saying, Is it time for you, O ye, o ye to dwell in your sealed houses and this house lying waste? Now, therefore, thus saith the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Down verse number seven. He says again, thus saith the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Now, I want you to first consider Haggai uh, and the message that he is giving to uh, Judah at this time. Uh, when we read verse number four, uh, is, uh, there's, more than, there's more than a touch of sarcasm uh, in the voice uh, of the prophet. He says, is it time for you, O ye, to dwell in your sealed houses and this house lie in waste? Uh, and he's telling them to consider your ways. He's telling them, really, think about it. Think about these things. Uh, and, he, and he says in his way, uh, and everybody probably took it in the way that he meant it, uh, it was a fitting uh, retort uh, to all those who have time for anything uh, and everything uh, except building the Lord's house. That's what he was saying to them. Uh, they had room for pleasure and room for business. They had time for family and friends, and they devoted long hours to uh, their own ambitions, but they had uh, little time and little money for the kingdom of God 
for the temple uh, that needed to be rebuilt. And so he is telling them, hey, 15 years have passed, uh, and, uh, and you're building your homes, and, and, and talked about uh, the uh, sealed houses, uh, the outsides, the insides, they were all finished, uh, but the Lord's house laid in waste. And with all the sarcasm that a man of God could muster up, uh, he just let them have it. Uh, he just said, hey, uh, there's a problem with all of this. Now, uh, there, again, application could be, we're not in a building project. Uh, we're going to be doing the kitchen. In fact, I'll be uh, meeting with Brother Scott uh, after the service uh, to go over some of the plans for the kitchen. And, uh, but I was outside, you know, this weekend and looking at the building. Well, I can do this or whatever and, uh, and uh, replace some siding. There's always projects and potential projects uh, that can be done. And, uh, and there's application to be made. Uh, and I thought about that. And I thought about my own sealed house. Uh, and that tomorrow begins the process of us painting our house. We, we, uh, we have somebody coming from up north and they're going to thank you by the way to those who gave towards that uh, and uh, we'll be uh, painting uh, our home and there'll be labor and effort and, uh, and even speaking about procrastinating I'm procrastinating like crazy uh, on getting that house ready uh, so tomorrow morning I have to pressure wash uh, the house and finish up a couple of different things I meant to do it yesterday the day before the day before uh, and uh, and uh, we, as much as I am for time management and everything else I'm the biggest procrastinator uh, that there is uh, we put things off, and uh, you know, but but I'm going to give attention to my home, uh, labor and energy, and we all do that. And there's an application to be made about our giving attention to uh, the things in our life outside of the, the plan of God, the will of God, the house of God. Uh, and there's application to be made. And uh, and you know, if uh, if I wanted to preach on it, a sharp rebuke just as much to myself and to you, just as much as they needed it uh, in that day. Uh, he, he pointed to uh, their indifference uh, for the things of God as they focused on their own personal things. Uh, and he did it in a way that probably hurt some people's feelings because it was dripping with sarcasm. Uh, it was a very pointed rebuke. Uh, and he said to them, I want you to consider your ways. That means to connect uh, your heart uh, with your head uh, and your mind. And he says, now think about this. And notice what he says. Verse 6. You have sown much and bring in little. Ye eat, but ye have not enough. Ye drink, but ye are not filled with drink. Ye clothe you, but there is none warm. And he have earneth wages, earneth wages to put it in a bag with holes. Sounds about right, doesn't it? You ever feel like... Uh, your bag's got holes in it, uh, and it uh, seems like, or you put it this way, uh, you know, one step forward, two steps back. Just when you think uh, you're, you're about to get ahead, something breaks down, uh, something stops working, uh, some uh, expense comes up, uh, you can't win for losing, uh, and uh, you have a plan uh, to get out of debt, uh, but then uh, you find yourself maybe, uh, you know, further in debt, I don't know, but, uh, but I can relate to a feeling uh, that I'm going through life with a bag that's got a hole. And you put it there, it's, just, it's in boom, it's just gone, uh, it's fleeting. Uh, and he says, I need you to think about this. I want you to consider your ways, uh, your conduct, uh, your course of conduct, uh, your actions, uh, your, your, your mode, how you do things, how you're living life. 
your decisions, uh, your purposes, uh, because you you sow, uh, and he's talking about the law of sowing and reaping, you sow much and bring in little. He says, you're not being blessed, uh, and, uh, and he, but there's a reason for it. He says to them in verse 7, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Go up to the mountain and bring wood and build the house, and I will take pleasure in it, and I will be glorified, saith the Lord. Uh, what he said to them is that this temple is going to be built. It's going to need to be built uh, with nothing but good, plain, hard work. You're going to go to the mountains, and you're going to cut down trees. And then you're going to, uh, you know, uh, cut those trees down into, into wood and build the house. It wasn't like, he just didn't go to Home Depot and say, I need, you know, uh, this uh, pallet of two-by-fours. You went, there's a tree, you cut it down, you make boards. Uh, and, and there was a lot, it was, it was, if, if, if I was a procrastinator, or I, I am a procrastinator, uh, in the days of Lowe's and Home Depot's and McClendon's, uh, just think of how bad it would be back then. It's like, hey, go build this, Paul. I mean, you got it. It's like scratch, scratch making food, right? Uh, and uh, we don't even want to do that. We want it in a can or in a box or whatever. Uh, it was just plain old hard work. Uh, and he told them to think about if this is going to get done, this is what it's going to take. Now, as I referenced watching it the, or looking at the building and, uh, and just thinking about the church properties, and I always try to have a vision going forward. And, uh, and, and part of that, I would always I'd be thinking about the cost, right? Because it just costs a lot of money uh, to do anything uh, when it comes to construction and buildings and stuff. And so I think, you know what? Uh, it'll happen one day when someone leaves us millions. Uh, someone's just going to go home to be with the Lord, and, and uh, we're, I'm going to get a letter in the mail. Uh, Dear Pastor Reno, we need you present for the reading uh, of so-and-so's will, uh, the executor of their state or whatever, and, uh, and the church uh, has been given uh, $2 million, uh, and uh, we need your presence. And I'll just say, praise God, hallelujah, uh, and I'll show it. Never, it hasn't happened yet. Uh, and, uh, and, uh, and so I think, well, one day uh, when someone leaves us a bunch of money, uh, then we'll go ahead and do this project. The bottom line is, uh, is that it, we can't wait for that. Uh, we've got to, we got to go to the woods, cut down the trees, uh, and, uh, and and pay the price and get the thing done. That's what God is telling them through Haggai. It's very, it's very pointed. I, I mean, we don't like extra. You don't like, you don't like hearing uh, messages about money. Uh, and so that's why I'm saying this really isn't a message about money because I want you to listen. I want you to pay attention uh, to what God is saying uh, to his people uh, through his prophet. Uh, and in a way, uh, and he's saying, you know, you, you can't get ahead, but think about it. It's your own fault. You've got bags with holes in it. Uh, and uh, you say, what do you mean it's their fault? Look, look down, uh, verse 9. You look for much, and lo, uh, it came to little. And when you brought it home, I did blow upon it. Why? Saith the Lord of hosts. Because of mine house it is waste, and you run uh, every man unto his own house. Therefore, the heaven over you is stayed from dew, and the earth is stayed from fruit. And I called for a drought upon the land, and upon the mountains, and upon the corn, and upon the new wine, uh, upon the oil, and upon that which the ground bringeth forth, and upon men, and upon cattle, and upon all the labors uh, of hands. He says, because you gave more attention to your own stuff and your own things and not the house of God, I have caused it to be dry uh, and fruitless and barren, uh, and that's the reason. The reason you feel like you've got a bag with holes in it is because you cut your own throat. 
Uh, you're more concerned uh, with your own ways and your own directions in the pursuit of your own interests uh, and not the interests uh, of, of, of God. Uh, and that is why uh, you're in the position that you're in. Uh, he, he, he spoke directly to their indifference, their pursuit of their own interests uh, and neglect of God's interests. Uh, and these are as a series of messages, or these two chapters were written over four months' time. Uh, and you know that because it says, this is the year, this is the month, in chapter number one. And then we get into chapter number two. He says, in the seventh month, in the one and twentieth day of the month, came the word of the Lord by the prophet Haggai, saying, uh, and, uh, and he had another message. Now, uh, to not get ahead of myself, uh, we're going to read the latter part of chapter number one as we make an application here in a minute. Uh, and they did. By the way, they, they began to build, and you read in Ezra uh, and Nehemiah and all that had taken place. Uh, and so for a month, so they decide, yes, we're going to get at it. We're going to go to the woods. We're going to cut down trees. We're going to make lumber. Uh, we're going to gather the things that are, are necessary. Uh, and, uh, and there was no benefactor outside of the fact that God is the one who supplies. Uh, but this is, they're doing the work. Uh, they are paying the price. Uh, and they are, they're, they're going at it. They had a, a revival that we read about uh, in the book of, of Nehemiah. Uh, and, uh, but it says in, in chapter number two, this is one month later, in the seventh month, so it started off in the sixth month, and then in the seventh month, in the one and twentieth day of the month, came the word of the Lord by the prophet Haggai, saying, Speak not as Rebbebel, the son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, and to Joshua, the son of Josedek, the high priest, and to the residue of the people, saying, verse three, who is left among you that saw this house in her first glory? And how do you see it now? Is it not in your eyes in comparison uh, as it is as nothing? So here's what he's saying. I believe Haggai was an old man. I believe Haggai uh, had seen with his own eyes uh, the temple in all of its glory uh, before it was destroyed and uh, and they went into captivity. And he's asking the question, who is left among you uh, that saw the house in her first glory? Uh, and, and how do you see it now? What he was basically saying to them was, okay, you're, you're doing it, but you're not doing it right. You're, you're, you're doing what God told you to do, but it's not good enough. Uh, he said, he says, what you're, and, and, and I, and just, and I know, they thought the same thing you think. When I get up in a pulpit and preach and say, you know, uh, you know, I'm preaching this, and then you do it, and I get up and preach, you got to do it harder, and you go, I was doing it. It seems like nothing's good enough for Pastor Lino, uh, and, uh, and he's just making me feel bad. It's like, it's like, you know, okay, it's got to. That's what the prophet was doing. He said, all right. He says, everybody gather around, uh, and, and he asked the question. He says, look at what you're doing right now. Look what you're building. Yes? Okay. Was there anybody else around to see the other one? Um, no, not really. Well, I was there, uh, and this is nothing compared to what was there before. How disheartening do you think that might have been if you, for one month, uh, had uh, uh, showed up, and, uh, and you're cutting down trees and making lumber, and, uh, and, uh, and you just said, you know, you made, you made things to fasten things. I mean, it was everything was scratch built. Uh, it had to be a little bit demoralizing uh, because of, uh, uh, so he's saying, he's appealing to their conscience. He's saying, okay, God's house lays waste, but your house is awesome. 
there's there's a need at the house of God, uh, but there isn't. A, you got uh, it's all inside, outside. It is great, uh, and uh, and you've been focusing on that, uh, and it appeals to their conscience. He's basically saying you should feel bad uh, that uh, that this is going on uh, at the house of God, the temple. Uh, you've had 15 years, you've been spinning your wheels, uh, and uh, but you got it going on uh, at uh, your house and and the lake house uh, and the cabin in the woods. Uh, and the RV, uh, and are you following me? And, uh, and appeals to their intellect and saying, you need to think about this. Uh, and, and he lays down a process uh, of, of, uh, of just thinking about how it's related in the law of sowing and reaping, the fact that God promises blessing if they, uh, like he says to us in the New Testament, uh, seek ye first in the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added. It's all principles in the word of God. Uh, and he appeals to their, their intellect and their emotions. Uh, and their will, uh, and they decide, hey, well, they're going to do something. Is this not good enough? It's not the same. And there'd be a message there uh, that we can connect to uh, the the idea that um, you know we've got to give our best to the Lord. We read about that in Amos and Malachi and uh, in other places uh, in the Bible. Uh, and uh, he says to them in verse four of chapter number two, "Yet now be strong." Three times in the same verse. Uh, says to Zerubbabel, be strong. Then he says to Joshua, be strong. Uh, then he says to the people, be strong. He says, I am with you, saith the Lord of hosts. And in verse number five, he says, don't fear. They were afraid uh, of the Persians. We read about that in Ezra. They were afraid of the Samaritans. Uh, they, When they built the wall, by the way, we read that they uh, had uh, the trowel in one hand and a sword in another. Uh, one, hand's, one hand's running uh, the, the, uh, the drill. Uh, and the other, the other hand, uh, they were they were defending as they were in an offensive stature. They were doing every man uh, had a weapon and a tool. And they were just doing what God told them to do. One month in, they're they're just they're just mailing it in. Uh, and and I want you to think about the times where you have made a commitment to God. You've been excited about under conviction and whatever it is, and you decide to do it, uh, and then the you know the newness wears off. And a month later, you find out you're just not doing it uh, to the extent, uh, to the glory uh, of God. Uh, and, uh, and they had, must have given some type of more excuses. Uh, and the man of God tells them to not fear. Uh, and in fact, he says in verse number 9 of chapter number 2, that the glory of this latter house, the one you're building, shall be greater than the former, saith the Lord. And in this place will I give peace saith the Lord of hosts. And uh, he promises that he's going to shake uh, the, uh, all the nations and, and protect them. He says, I'm going to be with you. Uh, and, uh, and just lays out the case uh, that the presence of God was going to be a big, huge part of this. Uh, but they had to. I mean, this, the, this prophet just like uh, make, just rubbing it in, making them feel guilty uh, and, uh, in a, and just going after conscience and intellect and will and, uh, and emotions and uh, and then uh, in the fourth year, verse number 10, chapter number 2, in the fourth and twentieth day of the, of the ninth month, so we went from the sixth month to the seventh month, two months passes by. Uh, they understand God's presence is there. They're building. They're doing. Uh, they realize that they needed to put more effort in and, and more stuff and be beautiful and, uh, and that the glory of this temple is supposed to uh, succeed uh, the glory of the previous temple, and they're just going at it. And then here comes the man of God again. In the fourth and twentieth day of the ninth month, in the second year of Darius, came the word of the Lord by Haggai the prophet. He asked a question. 
uh, he says, or makes a statement and asks a question, verse 14, verse 11. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, ask now the priest concerning the law, saying, if one bear holy flesh in the skirt of his garment, and with his skirt uh, do touch bread or pottage or wine or oil or any meat, shall it be holy? And the priest answered and said, no. So there's a law of separation in the Bible. That which is holy is always profaned by that which is unholy. Anything that is cleansed and clean, uh, if anything that is unholy, unclean touches it, it makes that which is holy, unholy. And it's a law uh, that was in that, that is there, and it was there then, it is there now, uh, and we can make application uh, this way. Uh, you uh, who are saved and a child of God uh, are not going to make uh, that person who is not saved and living for the devil any cleaner. You are going to get dirtier. Always. It always affects you. I, I don't know how many times, uh, again, you know, you know, reach people with the gospel, you got to love them, be friendly or whatever, but the Bible says you shouldn't be unequally yoked together. God warns about uh, having fellowship, light and darkness, uh, and uh, there are people at your workplace that you ought to give them the gospel and try to reach them for Christ, but you best not go on vacation with them. You shouldn't be hanging out with them every Friday. So I'm just trying to reach them uh, with the gospel. I get it. I understand that. Uh, but uh, they ain't getting saved, and you're getting dirtier. And you're thinking like them and talking like them, and you just got to be careful, and there's an application to be made. That which is holy is always profaned by that which is unholy. Biblical separation, watching your testimony, uh, making sure you're not walking in the counsel of the ungodly or standing in the way of sinners or sitting in the seat of the scornful. All those are Bible principles. And there's a reference to this uh, here. He says, if someone's very holy flesh in their garment, talking about the priest, and they touch something that's dead, does that make that which he is going to present to God as a sacrifice, does that make it unholy? The answer is yes, it makes it unholy. It's not clean any longer. Verse 13, then said Haggai, if one that is unclean by a dead body touch any of these things, shall it be unclean? And the priest answered, said, it shall be unclean. Then answered Haggai and said, So is this people, and so is this nation before me, saith the Lord, and so is every work of their hands, and that which they offer there is unclean. Oh. So now, now they they you know they were getting this kind of wood. They maybe maybe they weren't sanding it all the way down, making it just the best they could. Uh, and the priest or and the prophet comes by and goes, Hey, great, you're building it, but you're not building it right. Uh, you're not putting in the effort, uh, and they decide and repent. They're going to do that and, uh, and make this temple more glorious than the one before that. And then he comes by and then he says, hey, um, this is great what you're building, but if you build it with dirty, unclean hands, what you're building is unclean. And, and, and it hits them right between the eyes with their personal life uh, and where they're at with God. Uh, and, uh, and if you're like, if you're anything like a human being, uh, you're gonna you're gonna think, hey, well, it's motives. Motives are at play. The sincerity. There was insincere worship. They were doing what they were doing, but they were their hands were dirty. Uh, their their affections uh, seemed to be right, uh, but but on the inside it wasn't. They were they were profane uh, and unclean, uh, and everything that they touched uh, became that way. And and uh, there could be an argument to be made about. Uh, churches and pastoring and people and, uh, and building the work of God and doing so in the flesh with carnality uh, and you might have an end product that looks glorious uh, but uh, but it, it was done in a way that didn't please God. Not all worship is acceptable to God. The Bible is clear uh, about that uh, 
And, uh, and so he, he says this to them in verse 15. And now I pray you, consider from this day and upward, from before, a stone was laid upon a stone in the temple of the Lord. Since those days were when one came to a heap of 20 measures, there came but 10. Uh, when one came to the press sack to draw out 50 vessels, the press there was 20. He was saying there's a time where you come and, and you wanted this and there wasn't enough. And uh, then you came again for this item and, and, uh, and you were let down because it wasn't there. Because I smote you, verse 17, with blasting and with mildew and with hail and all the labors of your hands. Yet ye turn not to me, saith the Lord. Uh, here's what God is saying. He says, if you get right with me, I'll bless you. He says, you haven't been blessed because you didn't turn. You've been rebellious. Since the day I knew you, the Bible says, uh, and he says, consider, verse 18, consider now from this day and upward from the fourth and twentieth day of the ninth month, even from the day that the foundation of the Lord's temple was laid, consider it. And then he says, what I mentioned at the beginning, is the seed yet in the barn? Yea, as the vine and the fig tree and the pomegranate and the olive tree have not brought forth, he says, from this day will I bless you. So the people of God repented, uh, and from that day where God had stopped his hand and brought drought and brought famine and, uh, and they plant seed, uh, and he says, from this day I'm going to bless you. The fig tree didn't, didn't uh, uh, produce, and the vine didn't produce, and the olive tree didn't produce, but from this day, it's going to, and he says, is your seed still in the barn? And there will be application like a hundred women to make when it comes to sowing our seed corn and uh, and living by faith and trusting God. Uh, it wasn't good before, and now it is, and, uh, and so many of you say, but the, the prophet just laid it on, just laid it on thick. Uh, and uh, and here's, here's the application that I want to make today. Again, I'll be in here tonight at 6 o'clock. Uh, go back to chapter number 1 and verse number 12. This is probably no other prophet that you read about in the Old Testament uh, received such a warm and heartfelt response uh, as did the prophet Haggai. Notice what it says in verse 12. So he preached. He, he laid it out loud. He, called, he called him for what it was. said, think about it, guys. Uh, you're messed up, and it's your fault. Uh, and you're thinking about yourself, not God. Uh, and that's why you're in a mess. Uh, and, uh, and very pointed, dealing with their conscience, made them feel, made them feel bad. Talked about it. I mean, it's just natural. When somebody, somebody tells you uh, that you're not doing right, there's a natural inclination to think, well, you know, I don't, I don't like going to Green Baptist Church. Pre the preacher makes me feel guilty. Um, I do. Uh, and many times purposefully. Sometimes dripping with sarcasm. Uh, sometimes just not like, uh, you know, there's no passivity involved. It's just here's what it is. Uh, you know, and some people are like, man, I love that. I love that about this church. But there are other people like, ah. Uh, it just, I just, I come and, I, and it just, and you, you say these things, uh, and I just don't even know if you like me or if you want me to be uh, there. In fact, someone said, I think pastor just wants to kick us out of the church. Uh, and it's the furthest thing from it. And by the way, when I talked to that person, and I realized I said, hey, um, uh, I said, if, if you got that kind of conviction out of my message, you need to take that as a uh, and uh, and and also, uh, you know, you have to be able to figure out if you're getting Holy Spirit conviction, or that Pastor Reno's making you feel bad. That's your job. You need to discern. All right, you know, uh, that's a, a, another message for another time. But he says, 
uh, verse 12, Then Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, and Joshua, the son of Josedek, the high priest, and all the remnant of the people, obeyed the voice of the Lord their God, and the words of Haggai the prophet, as the Lord their God had sent him, and the people did fear the Lord. Then spake Haggai, the Lord's messenger, uh, in the Lord's message unto the people, saying, I am with you, saith the Lord. They, 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 they obeyed. They, they said, all right, we hear it. We're going to obey. Uh, we're going to do, they're going to start cutting down wood. They're going to start building the temple. They're going to do their thing. Uh, and they obeyed, and they feared God. Uh, and that we could spend time there. But here's the thing, verse 14. And the Lord stirred up the spirit of Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, and the spirit of Joshua, the son of Josedek, the high priest, and the spirit of all the remnant of the people. And they came and did the work in the house of the Lord of hosts their God in the four and twentieth day in the sixth month in the second year of Darius the king. You notice that? The Bible says that the Holy Spirit uh, convicted the spirit of Zerubbabel. That the spirit of God uh, spoke to uh, the spirit of Joshua, the son of Josedek. That the spirit uh, of God spoke to the spirit of all those that remained uh, and they did the work. Here's my point. Um, it wasn't the bluntness of Haggai's message that got the results. Uh, it wasn't the appeal uh, to the hard, cold facts uh, that uh, their harvests uh, were a mess uh, and their wallets were empty, their bags had holes in it. It wasn't even the application of Scripture in reference to uh, sowing and reaping and, uh, or holy flesh and garments. It wasn't any of it. It was the direct work of the Holy Spirit. Uh, it, it wasn't a, an appeal to their conscience, their intellect, their emotions, their will. It was an appeal to the Spirit, their Spirit, by the Holy Spirit of God. Um, we are, uh, in just a few weeks, going to have a, a revival meeting. Um, I'm praying that God gives us revival. Revival. So reviving a work, reviving the temple. Uh, parts of revival comes with if we humble ourselves and pray and seek God, uh, these principles throughout the Bible. Uh, and uh, and I can I can I can make you feel guilty about not coming to church. I can make you I can appeal to your conscience about uh, about bags with holes in it and the principles that uh, that God will bless you a hundredfold and uh, and on and on and on. And, uh, and if you give, and it shall be given unto you. And if you don't seek God first, and uh, and I can lay out and I can I can. You know, call these things to, to mind and heart and intellect uh, and emotion. And I can, I, can, I can talk loud. I can speak soft. I can have an invitation uh, and do all these different things. But if you do anything for God, it's because the Holy Spirit of God will speak to your spirit. And uh, now, I understand that as a pastor. So whenever, uh, whenever anything gets done, I don't take the credit for it. Because, it's, because I don't do anything unless the Holy Spirit of God has me do it. I know you're not, I don't, so, oh, it's great, uh, and on and on. Uh, you know, the church is just blessed or whatever. I don't take credit for that. It's all of God. It's the Holy Spirit. Uh, but I'm also not going to take credit for making you feel guilty. And, and, and a conscience that, as the Holy Spirit bears with, with your conscience, I just can't, I'm just going to preach. And sometimes it's going to be dripping with sarcasm. I'll ask questions. I'll play devil's advocate. 
I'll throw these out there and make statements, uh, and you just got to take it all in, take it all in. But if you do anything for God, it's because the Spirit of God will speak to your spirit. And that's what we have to ask God to do. Uh, there be uh, we can tie the months, uh, how many months we've been in, uh, you know, lockdown mode and whatever. There's been times where God has spoken to your heart, where you're excited, where I need to tell people about Jesus. Uh, and, uh, and as all the, met re uh, the references to riots and whatever, and you'll hear a message, it's great, and then a month will pass, and you just dial it in. And two months will pass. There's a reason why God doesn't bless. Uh, and it's the same reasons today as it was back then. We're too concerned with our own personal kingdoms and not the kingdom of God. We're not building anything here right now necessarily. Uh, what I'm saying is that his interests need to trump our interests. And when we're in survival mode, because of everything that's taken on, we get too focused on our own personal interests. And we don't think about God's interests. And then, and then we just, you know, we can't seem to, to win. Uh, and, uh, and then God says, um, Pastor Reno uh, preached the book of Haggai. Uh, and, and let everybody in on the reason why it ain't working. Uh, and so what do we do? We repent. Uh, and, uh, and we stop focusing on our own selves, and we focus on the will of God, the plan of God, his purpose, and consider our ways. That's what he says. He says, think about it, consider your ways. Is your conduct, your actions, your decisions, your purposes in line with what I would have for you, or are you just all about self and self-preservation or, or seeking prosperity and building your own uh, your kingdom? And, uh, and, uh, and then uh, when you finally do it, are your motives where they need to be? Uh, are you clean? Are you are you driven by fear? They were filled with excuses. And we just shouldn't make any excuses. Uh, they need to get their priorities in order. They needed to stop um, excusing away their apathy with the fact that there were Samaritans and Persians and, and everybody didn't want them to do uh, what they were supposed to do. There's too many obstacles in there. How many times I've heard, how many, how many times I've made that excuse myself? There's too many obstacles. Uh, and, uh, and then God just says, you know what? Let's go to the mountain, get some wood, get it done. And that's what we need to do. Live by faith, trust. I mean, all these messages, everything that's connected to what I've been preaching about, uh, Haggai just says it so well. Uh, and, uh, and we find here, of course, God giving them the assurance that he would bless them. Verse 23, the last verse of Haggai, uh, says, I've chosen these, said the Lord of hosts. And uh, he says he's going to bless. And, uh, and uh, all those kingdoms and everything, they're free, God's going to just do it. And that's when we think about the omnipotence of God. He's a sovereign God. He's going to take care of us. Uh, but we go from we go from Haggai 1 uh, to, uh, to chapter 223, like every single day in our mind and hearts. We know God's going to, but we just, we just think we've got to take care of everything. And we don't. I hope that you see from my message this morning uh, that my intent, my heart, is always towards you just being right with God. Uh, and and to focus less on how I say it uh, and more on what's being said. Because the message, I, I hope to lead the Lord's, the Lord's message in the messenger in the Lord's message. I want that to be how I pastor. Uh, and, uh, but that doesn't mean that 
that I have to, it doesn't mean that if I say something directly to you, like so, so directly that it just like, like that's somehow unchristian. It's not. Uh, sometimes that, and that sort of takes for me. I, I mean, people, you know, uh, beat around the bush, whatever, and we, and we just don't get the message. That guy's like, you people are a mess. And, uh, and, and we don't really find, like, we don't see a couple verses in chapter number one uh, before they repented and, and turned to God uh, in fear and obey him. Uh, and that nobody's saying, you know, I mean, I get what I get what he's saying, but couldn't he have said it nicer? Couldn't he have just said it more Christ-like? Uh, and on and on and on and on. And we get distracted from what God's trying to tell us, uh, and uh, and then we, we, we shoot the messenger. And, and, and it just shouldn't be that way. But please also don't miss it. This is not necessary. That's not the main reason for this message. The message is clear. We need to trust God and do the will of God and stop focusing on self. And when we do that, God blesses. Any application that you want to make, I hope you see that from it. Let's all stand with our heads bowed and our eyes closed today.